What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Nightmare K Hall back at it again with another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a very interesting week, hasn't it? For crypto, Bitcoin, and everything else, even gaming for that matter. I mean, the new Zelda came out last week, um, everything like that. They had a midnight release, which I didn't even know midnight releases still went on in this country. I thought those things were dead, gone, and buried, but apparently not. I mean, they had a Zelda freaking breath of the wild midnight release which was unbelievable uh the bitcoin conference has started ladies and gentlemen it looks like a complete shit show and i'm definitely gonna give my takes on that so far i mean that thing looks absolutely horrible no i'm not in miami for the bitcoin conference folks i've been working uh have overtime here in the next 16 hours so yeah gonna be a very interesting week for me coming up but uh Hey, the money's going to be good, and yes, folks, I have started using a stablecoin again. Yeah, for the first time since 2018, folks, I'm actually using a stablecoin. I'm actually using Tether again, so pretty interesting stuff. But anyway, folks, let's get into the crypto freaking markets, man. It has been some crazy stuff going on here. Hold on just a second. I should have had this up, but I was lollygagging around. You know, playing around with Tether. Yeah, I know. It's it's a shit coin. Everybody hates it. I get it. But I'm me. I'm different. I'm different from every other crypto person in the world. I think that, uh, you know, every person should be responsible for their own crypto and digital asset portfolio and things like that. But anyway, folks, let's get into it. So we're on CoinGecko.com. We have Bitcoin at $27,143.96. Ethereum's at $1,817.08. We have Tether, $0.99. BNB at $310.51. USD coin at $0.99. XRP at number 6 at $0.46. XRP has been moving up, folks. Slowly but surely, it's been creeping up. Very interesting stuff. If you're an XRP army person out there, you should be excited. Cardano is at $0.36. Lido Stake Ether is at $1,816.03. Dogecoin is still sitting in the top 10 at at nine, at uh, number nine, at seven cents. Polygon Maddox at eighty-seven cents at number ten. Solana is number eleven, twenty dollars and twenty-seven cents. Litecoin is at number twelve, ninety-two dollars thirteen cents. Polkadot five dollars and forty cents. We have Tron at seven cents, number fourteen. Binance USD is at ninety-nine cents. Shiba Inu is falling all the way down to number sixteen. I can see Shiba Inu falling out the top twenty at eight seventy-five millions and one penny. We got Avalanche at $14.62. Die is at $0.99. Cents. We have Rap BTC at $27,145.96. Unisoft rounds out the top 20 at $5.26. Chainlink, $6.52. Uh, Leo Tokens at $3.62. We have Cosmo Hub at number 20. At number 22, $10.57. We have TonCoin, Ton. $1.88. OKB is at $45.99. We have Monero XMR at number 25, $150.62. We have Ethereum Classic, $18.33. We have Stellar XLM, 8 pennies. We have Internet Computer, $5.19. We have Bitcoin Cash, rounding out the top 30, $116.25. We have True USD at $0.99. Cents. We have Filecoin, $4.50. Lido Dow is at number 33, $2.12. Cents. 
Uh, Hedera's at five cents at a nickel at number 34. Aptos, eight dollars and 41 cents. Kronos, six cents. We have QNT at number 38, $103.87. Near Protocol is at number 37, $1.66. We have Arbitron at $1.16 at number 39. VChains at one penny. Eight coins at $3.44. Algorand is at 16 cents at number 42. Everybody thought that was the next Bitcoin. How that has fallen off the face of the earth. The graph, 12 cents. Phantom number 44 at 37 cents. Pax dollar at 99 cents. Frax is at a dollar. Edge coin is at 99 cents. The sandbox 52 cents. EOS is at 88 cents. And number 50 is Rocket Pool at $49.91. We have Multiverse X at $37.11. Number 51 Ave $65. Stacks is at number 53 at 67 cents. That's going to be built on top of Bitcoin to help it get more decentralized. I mean, not more decentralized, but Web3, NFTs, you know, using uh, stable coins as well, which is going to be pretty awesome. The central land number 54 at 48 cents and Theta Network at number 55 at 88 cents. And then we have Render at $2.38 and number 56. So, ladies and gentlemen. Those are your top 56 cryptos. We got gas fees for Ethereum. It's 27 Goya. But, uh, Bitcoin's dominance at 44.6%. And ETH is at 18.5%, folks. We have 10,173 coins, 743 exchanges, and the market cap is still over $1 trillion, which is absolutely astonishing. But anyway, folks, let's get into some crypto news. So we're going to kick it off with Ethereum. That's right, folks. So demand for e-staking soars despite nearly month-long waiting period. So since the implementation of the Shanghai upgrade to the Ethereum mainnet just over a month ago, which allowed ETH, Ethereum's validators to withdraw all or some of their stake Ether tokens from the staking smart contract for the first time, demand for ETH staking has soared. According to the WinMerge.com, the waiting period for an ETH owner to enter the Ethereum network as a new validator has surged to 27 days and 7 hours, with 50,398 prospective validators currently in the queue. Ether owners can set up as network validators and can earn yield around 4 to 5% annually via token staking. ETH staking has been available on Beacon Chain since December 2020, but staking withdrawals were only enabled at last month's upgrade. The additional withdrawal flexibility to ETH staking reduces its risk in the eyes of many investors who may have been deterred from staking their ETH tokens prior to the implementation of withdrawals for fear their funds would be locked up for a probation period long period of time. The surge in the number of validators queuing up to join the network comes hand in hand with a surge in the number of ETH tokens being entered into the staking smart contract. As of Monday, the number of stake ETH tokens has hit 21.652 million, up around 3.5 million in one month since the Shanghai upgrade as per Glassnote data. Given the total supply of ETH tokens was last around 120.08 million, this means the stake ETH participant rate is now just over 18%. That's up from around 15% prior to the upgrade when the number of stake ETH tokens was around 18.1 and the total ETH token supply was around 120.4 million. Dual deflationary trends set to provide major ETH token 
ETH price tailwind. Competitor proof of stake chains with flexible staking contract withdrawals like Cardano have staking participation rates in the 60 to 70 range, while only just 50,000 ETH are allowed to be withdrawn from the staking contract each day. Ether staking isn't completely flexible and thus might not be able to achieve a staking participation rate of quite this high. But let's say the Ether staking participation rate has hit 50%, which makes what might take less than a year given that the participation rate is currently rising by around 3% per month. That would mean a further 38.4 million ETH token moving into the less liquid ETH staking contracts. Unstaked ETH tokens will all of a sudden become a lot scarier, when, which should be a tailwind for the price. Now factor in the fact that Ether supply also is rapidly deflation, deflating. According to Glassnode data, the recent spike in transaction fees as a result of meme coin related network congestion resulting in a spike in ETH burn rate. Essentially, the Ethereum network burns all ETH tokens that are used to pay transaction fees as per EIP-1559 from the from back in August 2021, which I remember that update very well. So Ether deflationary rate surge above 8% earlier this month. So ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I think Ether ultimately will overtake Bitcoin. And I'm very one of the very few people that actually believe that in the long run. Yes, in price, it may not overtake Bitcoin. But I think because of the token supply being burned and all of the ETH that is used for transaction fees, that's why I, I, it's laughable when people complain about ETH's gas fees being so high. There's a reason for that because they burn all the ETH tokens that are used to pay for the transaction fees so that limits the supply of Ether. So in the end, folks, even though Bitcoin has a 21 million cap supply, yeah, that's great. I'll probably never own a one whole Bitcoin, but that does not mean, folks, I won't own at least one ETH, one ETH in the future. I may own several ETH in the future because there's a good chance, folks, that I'm going to start buying ETH coming up here this summer i'm gonna load up on ether put it in the savers program like i said for thor chain you know because i love staking eth um it's one of my favorite cryptocurrencies to stake actually um in the savers program to get that yield that i get so thanks to thor chain shout outs to them but yeah folks i think ultimately uh, ethereum is going to outbeat bitcoin monero all of the cryptos on the market because at the end of the day, when you have a supply that's getting burned every time you use it, it limits the token supply. So people are going to be fighting. They're going to be willing to pay a premium to get an, an Ether token from someone. I'm serious, folks. It's going to skyrocket Ethereum's price in the future because people are going to demand that they get it, an Ether token. Bottom line, that's the way I look at it because at the end of the day, these are going to be valuable commodities at the end. And I know people want to say Ether is the security it was in the beginning when it was proof of work, but not now. Like, it's a commodity, folks. The CFTC already told us it's a commodity, so Ethereum is a commodity whether people want to believe that or not in this country. But anyway, folks, I digress with Ethereum. I think Ethereum is going to be awesome down the road. Yes, the gas fees and all that. But there are a lot of updates coming up for Ethereum. I already went over over. Yeah, I've already went over them already. So just go back, check some of my old podcast episodes that you'll hear about it as well. I have the links in the description below. So it's freaking awesome. But anyway, folks, let's move on over to Bitcoin. And I'll probably come back to Ethereum here in a little bit. 
Volatility and volume continues to decline in Bitcoin trading. That is true, folks. The gas fees, the Lightning Network's transaction fees have been high. Um, now, I don't know what they are currently at the moment, but let me just dip into them real quick. Let me see if I can find the Bitcoin meme pool real quick. Let's take a look. Hold on a second. Uh, God damn it. Give me a second, folks. I want to I wanna check this Bitcoin meme pool real quick. Let's just take a look at the Bitcoin Explorer real quick. Should have had this up, like I said. Uh, not too bad right now. So the transaction fees aren't too bad. Um, 68 for no priority. 68 cents. And then if you want low priorities, $1.45. Medium priorities, $1.56. And high priorities, $1.75. So not too bad at the moment. But we all know it's going to skyrocket as soon as the United States uh, wakes up. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into this Bitcoin article. So, again, the article is called... Volatility and volume continue to decline in Bitcoin trading. So trading range with BTC marks continue. Markets continue to narrow. A sign that uncertainty remains the order of the day for the large cryptocurrency by market capitalization. Simulation BTC shares of overall crypto markets continue to rise and indicates that it remains the safe haven digital asset for investors. The average true range ATR for BTC has fallen 12% over the most recent four days and 31% since March 20, I mean March 23rd, 2023. The ATR of an asset is a measurement of volatility over a prescribed period of time. ATR takes a greater of the difference between current and prior highs and lows with declines indicating a Contraction in volatility increases indicating an expansion. When the trading range of an asset compresses, it can signal that markets feel the assets are appropriately priced during times of lower volume. However, it can it can also uncertainly among market participants, BTC volume remains below its 30-day average by approximately 30% across exchanges. The reduction in volatility Concerns with a recent decrease in the aggregated amount of stablecoins being added to exchanges. The decline in available risk capital in conjunction with the uncertainty has led to a relatively flat trading illustrated by the ATR compression. BTC currently 27,000 price level sits approximately 4.5% below its high volume node, representing an area of potential short-term upside. High volume nodes are displayed using the volume profile visible range indicator represents areas of significant Agreement between buyers and sellers. Prices can often move slowly near high volume nodes as the greater degree of agreement lends itself to orderly price action. This stands in contrast to low volume nodes where the lower levels of liquidity can be, can lead to more dramatic price swings. Investors would be keen to watch the decline in active addresses on the Bitcoin network as well. The number of unique addresses Activity transacting MPT has declined 33% since April, leading in part to the contraction in volatility. While volatility has waned, BTC market share has increased with the crypto dominance of 5% year-to-date. At a market capitalization of $523 billion, BTC represents 45% of the $1.6 trillion market cap across all cryptos. Despite the 63% increase in BTC price year-to-date, investors appear reluctant to look for additional alpha in smaller altcoins using BTC 
instead as the safe haven asset within the crypto markets. Yeah, I would I agree with that last part. I mean, a lot of people are shoveling into BTC for safe haven asset, but at this point in juncture in Bitcoin's life, being it's 14 years old, it is not a safe haven asset, folks, at all. Um, it still has a lot of volatility. We have not reached the lows of Bitcoin yet, nor of any of these cryptos at the point yet. But we will, folks, at some point. And when we do, most people are going to sell. They're going to go back in U.S. dollars. But by that time, I think the U.S. dollar is pretty much done. Um, I'm not going to tell you to go into stable coins. That's up to you. Um, we all know stable coins can be unstable as well. So the entire crypto market is unstable at this point, folks. Still a young market. Got a long ways to go. Got a lot of things to build in this market. But yeah, volatility is, is a problem in BTC. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still going to be a problem here for the next at least, I'd say the next decade. And then after the next decade, once it's over 25, I think every all the volatility will calm down and you'll see a very beautiful market, especially after the... Uh, purge of most of these crypto and digital assets get the hell out of here but anyway folks let me know what y'all think of that article and the last crypto article of the night folks is dogecoin that's right man dogecoin dogecoin building block teases new release so that's right folks there are things being built on dogecoin so dogecoin core developer michi lumen has hinted at an upcoming release for dogecoin building block live dogecoin version 0.1.3 some neat teaser for LIBO, Dogecoin 0.1.3, coming soon. The ability to use onboard encryption hardware slash security in caves to store keys, basically making your machine into a hardware wallet. Pros and cons to be debated, sure, but a lot safer than a text file on your drive. It should be recalled the current LIBO Dogecoin version 0.1.2 was released in March 2022. Live Dogecoin is a simple C library that allows the lightweight direct integration of Dogecoin into several platforms and does not require in-depth blockchain understanding. In a recent tweet, Mechi hinted at some neat teaser for Live Dogecoin 0.1.3 coming soon. This includes the ability to use onboard encryption hardware and security enclaves to store keys. According to her, this would turn users' machines into hardware wallets. The pros and cons of this are still debated, but Newman thinks the proposed feature might be a lot safer than a text file on a drive. Dogecoin developer Inevitable360 also hinted at an ongoing testing of Live Doge 0.1.3 development branch by Dogecoin engineers. Yes, folks, Dogecoin does have freaking developers. I know it's crazy. Testing Live Doge 0.1.3 development branch that at Ed Tubbs and KB Bluzer are working on nonstop specific thus SPV node that will be a faster Doge node without the need of Dogecoin Core Wallet. This is really awesome. The future will be really cool and more decentralized. He hinted at a SPV node feature that would achieve speed without the need for Dogecoin Core Wallet. Since the launch of the initial live Dogecoin version 0.1 in August of 2022, the Dogecoin building blocks have seen consistent development. Ed Tubbs, a software engineer at the Dogecoin Foundation, revealed some new developments of live Doge on Twitter. So let's take a look here. 
So exciting updates for Live Dogecoin this week. Our hybrid Simplify Payment Verification SPV node is now available for early checkout on GitHub. With the minimum hardware storage and bandwidth requirements, running nodes is now easier than ever. According to him, the hybrid Simplify Payment Verification SPV node is now available for early checkout on GitHub. Tubbs team hopes to make running nodes easier with minimum hardware storage and bandwidth requirement testing. Is also ongoing as regards C phrase storage with storage with the trusted platform module TPM2. This would enable users to securely store their C phrase in their crypto vault. Meanwhile, Radio Doge, one of the Dogecoin Foundation grassroots adoption projects, is making new advances. Mitchy tweeted that Radio Doge endpoints are transacting and query with the next step being range testing on the local link, which goes from hub to user. So there you go, folks. A lot of things happen in the Dogecoin blockchain ecosystem, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm glad Doge is still around. Um, there are people still working on Doge, folks, behind the scenes. Yep, I know a lot of people are shocked by this news and are probably going to freak the freak out. But, hey, man. Dogecoin is here to stay. Like I tell people, Monero people can shit on it all they want. Bitcoin people can shit on it all they want. Ethereum people can shit on it all they want. BSV people can shit on Dogecoin all they want. Dogecoin is here to stay, and I'm happy. That's why it's in my freaking ThorChain Saver digital asset on their platform, on their decks, you know, so I can get those freaking rewards as well and get that yield. You know, I love yield farming. I always thought yield farming was absolutely amazing. Just got to be careful out there. The Thorchain Savers program is an absolutely amazing program. Definitely should check it out. Make sure you're doing your own research before investing in any project or any savers program that gives you yield. Always freaking read white papers. Always make sure to check out the website. Talk to people in the space before putting any money in any of this stuff. But folks, let me know what y'all think about Dogecoin and its new update. I think it's fantastic, to be honest with you. But anyway, let's jump into the gaming news. And I only have two stories tonight, folks. Both the one about Nintendo, one about Xbox. The best RPG games for Nintendo Switch 2023. The ultimate role-playing game. So let's get into this list. So we got the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. We have Disco, Asylum, the Final Cut. We have uh Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We have The Legend of Zelda Link Awakens. We have The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition. We have uh, Persona 5 Royal. We have Animal Crossing New Horizon. We have Fire Emblem The Three Houses. We have Automata, which is. Yeah, Automata. Then we have Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, and those are the RPG games for Nintendo, folks. So very quick, easy, you know, the links of all these stories will be in the description below, folks. So we'll definitely, definitely dive into this if you want to take a look at this article for yourself. And then the last article I have for gaming, folks, is Best Upcoming Games for Xbox Series X and S. Top next-gen games for 2023 and beyond. So we have The Lord of the Rings, Goyim, coming out May 25th, 2023. 
It will also be on PS5 and PC. You have uh, Diablo 4 coming out June 6, 2023. We have Armor Core 6. The Fires of Rubicon comes out August 25th of this year. We have Starfield comes out September 6, 2023. We have Mortal Kombat 1, folks. Yes, they are starting over in the Mortal Kombat franchise now that Liu King is the God of Thunder. And I mean the God of Fire. He is now the uh, new quote-unquote Lord Raiden. So it should be very interesting to the Protector of Earth. That comes out September 19, 2023. We have Lords of the Fallen comes out October 13, 2023. We have Forza Motorsports comes out in 2023. Alan Wake 2, folks. That's right. If you played the first Alan Wake, I never played the first Alan Wake, but it looked freaking amazing. I did watch it on YouTube. All the cutscenes looked absolutely amazing, folks. Great game, by the way. Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League February 2nd, 2024. We have Hollow Knight Silk Song to be announced. Alone in the Dark. To be announced, we have Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 comes out this year. Vampire the Masquerader Bloodlines 2 to be announced. We have Sonus Saga Hellblade 2 to be announced. We have Fable. Oh god, Fable's returning. We have Wonder Woman to be announced. We have Star Wars Eclipse. To be announced, we have Stated Decay 3 to be announced, The Outer Worlds 2 to be announced, we have The Elder Scrolls 6 to be announced, and those are all of your Xbox games, Xbox Series X and S games for 2023 and beyond, folks. So that's it, folks. It's pretty much the show. Pretty short show, not too long. We're definitely going to be diving into the independent news section here, folks. Here in a little bit, so I'll probably dive into that in about 20 to 30 minutes from now. But before I go, folks, I'm going to just say, man, it has been a huge 360-degree turn for me in crypto. Like, I have all of my digital assets pretty much in the savers program right now. But if I do want to transact, folks, I am looking at just using Tether. I know, I know, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, I'm going to get a lot of shit talking, a lot of freaking DMs, a lot of hatred, probably I'll get banned, blocked, censored, people unfollow me and all this gay ass shit because people are fucking just too stupid. But anyway, I'm using Tether right now, I'm testing out on the Tron blockchain, the TRX blockchain right now. Uh, with its low gas fees and things like that, way better than Ethereum and Polygon, which their freaking gas fees have skyrocket when it comes to using stable coins. But Tron has been pretty low, been a fraction of a, been a fraction of a cent, maybe about two pennies. The last time I checked, it hasn't really skyrocketed at all. But yeah, so especially with this banking collapse, folks, and there is rumors that are out there that banks could freeze. Cash withdrawals in the United States. Um, we see inflation getting out of control all in the emerging markets right now as the dollar continues to get stronger here in the U.S., which is absolutely ridiculous. You have this debt ceiling going on, which they're going to resolve, folks. Don't let it fool you. It's going to get resolved. I'm not worried about the debt ceiling this year. I'm worried about next year. Next year is when I, I, I start getting scared and trembling and hiding under my mattress because... 
all hell's about to break loose in 2024, folks. Um, get ready for another pandemic, folks. Um, probably the Marv's, uh, the Mars virus will, uh, appear out of nowhere. The Marburg virus will probably appear out of nowhere. So get ready for that. Get yourself prepared. Get yourself in position. Because we all know COVID ended, but they're going to bring another virus in that's quote-unquote more deadlier. Bill Gates is poisoning our fruit. Um, he's trying to kill us. So, it's absolutely asinine, folks. A lot of things going on behind the scenes. And I'll definitely dive into more detail in the uh, independent news section about what Bill Gates is doing. I'll definitely have a video for that for you folks out there to take a look at that um, as well. And come to your own conclusions on that. It's absolutely asinine. Unbelievable. Um, Kamala Harris is the most stupidest vice president we ever had in American history. Um, she is literally one heart attack away from being the president of the United States, which is absolutely ridiculous, or one impeachment away, and she will be the president of the United States, which will absolutely be asinine. Um, you know, you got everybody on Robert Kennedy Jr. and some of these other politicians are jumping on the Bitcoin bandwagon. And oh yeah, I got to talk about the Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin conference. Folks, that thing is a joke. It is nothing but a celebrity whore fest now. Um, absolutely sad to see what has happened to Bitcoin in the United States. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the, the gas fees on Bitcoin has completely skyrocketed. Um, they've been like four and five bucks. Especially during the day in the United States when the United States is lit up. Um, at night right now while the Asian markets are up, Bitcoin's transactions have been very low. Um, not too bad. You're paying about $1.52 um, at the higher priority and on the Lightning Network currently right now. Um, it's way higher on chain as well. Um, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you, you just can't make this shit up, folks, in a Hollywood film. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in uh, Bitcoin. Lots, lots of work needs to be done. And I don't know why I keep getting a freaking ad on my computer all of a sudden. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm getting hacked. And that might just be. I might be getting hacked by some hacker in the Monero community that hates my guts or whatever. But it is what it is. Or the NSA or the CIA or the fucking governments of the world, but who fucking cares, man? Fuck those people. Anyway, if you're a hater out there on me, that means I'm doing something right and getting under your skin. But anyway, back to Bitcoin and the conference. Like, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke, folks. They had some dumbass wizards on there or some shit I saw. They were doing some stupid-ass dance or something like that. It was absolutely ridiculous. These are grown-ass adults, folks, and these are people you're supposed to look up to and listen to? I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, sometimes I'm ashamed to be a solar punk Bitcoiner, to be honest, but I still I still have my love for Bitcoin. I always will. No matter how stupid people act saying they're maximalists, I mean, it's complete asinine. I mean, you had Max Kaiser ripping up fiat money on stage. It's just, it's just complete BS, folks. It's complete garbage. Absolute garbage. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the, the, I'm glad I didn't spend $900 to go to the Miami conference. It's absolutely ridiculous. Hardly no one showed up this year because quote unquote, it's a bear market. That's their excuse. But dude, these conferences are dying. 
They're fucking dying, bro. They're fucking dying in the United States. They are, folks. They really are. They're really a shell what they used to be. And I see why Doug and Sneed have moved their operation to Mexico. Um, because they can full up the crowd and they can get a bunch of people that wants to spend digital cash. And Monero is a great tool for that. Um, it's just that nothing against Monero, but it's just not for me. Um, I like Monero personally, but I just won't use it anymore, personally. Um, I just rather use the greenback. I'd rather use stable coins. Um, and just pay the little gas fee that I have to pay and keep it moving. I mean, the 20-minute wait time is a problem for me. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous to wait 20 minutes. I get it. Two minutes per confirmation, 10 confirmations, that's 20 minutes. That's not feasible to me for an everyday purchase when you're trying to transact or even using peer-to-peer. -peer. I mean, who the hell wants to wait 20 minutes to get their fucking Monero? That's ridiculous. Um, so I think things like stable coins can actually be a benefit to humanity in a good way. I just don't like that they don't have their own blockchain. Um, but I would prefer if you're going to use a stablecoin, use something like DAI that's backed by other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, Bitcoin, you know, other cryptocurrencies that are more decentralized than centralized stablecoins like Tether or USDC, which are centralizedly controlled or Gemini dollar. But unfortunately, since I live in the United States, quote unquote, the land of the free, quote unquote, the constitution and the bill of rights and all that garbage, um, which we all know is getting eroded away, by the way, behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, folks, I mean, I wouldn't mind paying my bills in stable coins personally. Um, the faster, um, the frictionless, and if you're doing it on the Tron network, you're going to pay a fraction of a penny. Or maybe you might pay two pennies to transact. Um, it's much easier to pay for your traveling as well on Traveler.com. With like something like a central back stablecoin, a centralized stablecoin. But like I said, there are decentralized stablecoins as well out there, which are absolutely amazing. Like I said, DAI. Uh, what's another one that's decentralized? <sighs> I'm not sure. There are a couple of decentralized crypto, but the only one that comes to mind is DAI. Let's see. Hold on. Yeah, that's the only one that, like, I really can come to a conclusion is die. Like, I don't know any other decentralized stablecoins. I know it's that. I know all the centralized ones. Binance USD is centralized. Pax Dollar is centralized. Gemini is centralized. I mean, it's unbelievable, folks. Um, but, yeah, let's go to the decentralized ones. So you have the DAI token. You have the EOSDT freaking token, and you have the DeFi dollar that's um, decentralized as well. Um, USDD is actually decentralized as well, I believe. But, yeah, folks, it's um, very interesting. I never even heard the EOS um, DT. Um, they're freaking decentralized. Stablecoin, I've never even heard. I didn't even know EOS had a decentralized stablecoin. DeFi dollar, I've never heard of either. 
Um, so something to look out for as well if you want to use a decentralized stablecoin. Most people in the world use centralized stablecoins because they trust them. I mean, I used to, I mean, way back in the day, I used to use Gemini USD. I used to use USD. I've used True USD as well. But Tether's probably my favorite. Um, when it comes to stablecoins, centralized stablecoins, I don't like USDC at all. Um, but Tether, yeah, I know I said some things in the past some years ago about Tether back in the day. I said some good things. I've said some bad things about Tether. But ultimately, folks, when it comes to paying bills or going on vacation, you want to have a stable currency, obviously, to transact with when you're paying for your stuff. You definitely don't want your value of your bill paying to drop. When you're paying your bills, you could have to come out of pocket more. So I'm just talking about more just day-to-day, -day, paying your bills, paying your groceries, things like that. Yeah, it's great to pay with Monero. Yes, it's great to pay with Bitcoin. And yes, it's great to pay with Dogecoin and Ethereum and all these other crypto. It's fantastic to play with these volatile, volatility cryptos. But just think about it. At any second, any moment in time, the value can drop. Boom, you have to come out of your pocket with more Bitcoin, Monero, whatever. And I know people are going to say, but Nightmare Monero has very low transaction fees. That's true. And I agree. Private by default at the protocol level, fantastic. But some of us don't like volatility at all. I'm not saying I don't like volatility, but there are some people in the world that hate volatility. That's why I use stablecoins. If you haven't heard of a podcast called Hashing Out, there's a guy that lives in, I forget what part of Africa he lives in, but he works for Coin Telegraphs. Great podcast as well. He, I guess you can call him a Bitcoin maximalist, but I'm not really sure. He likes Bitcoin. I call him a solar punk Bitcoin or open Bitcoiner. Personally, he uses other cryptocurrencies as well. He talks about stable coins, he talks about Ethereum, he talks about DeFi. You know, me and this guy kind of believes in innovation and philosophies when it comes to cryptocurrencies. But I agree, if you're in Africa, transacting right now in Bitcoin is like nearly impossible, especially like with the fees skyrocketing and you don't know when they're going to skyrocket. They can skyrocket at any time. Um, look at all the ordinals and things that are going on on Monero and Bitcoin right now. It's making the freaking fees skyrocket like a damn loony bin. So, it's a, so there's a lot of work to be done well, as far as Monero case, because of the dynamic block size that they have, so they don't have to too much, but it could be a jeopardized to privacy on their, on, in Monero's case. As far as Bitcoin, it's making the freaking fees go out of control, which I think, you know, I understand where people on both sides, the argument when it, when it comes to the ordinals and things like that on Bitcoin's case, because yes, we want innovation, we want to be able to do things on the Bitcoin blockchain, but on the base chain, it's driving up the fees it's killing it so we definitely need to move those ordinals to lightning uh, we definitely need to work on lightning as well i know there was an update recently on lightning to keep the fees low but we'll see i know some bitcoin max have come out and said well well that will price itself out because the fees will keep skyrocketing and people won't pay those fees i disagree with that personally i think there are many people that will still pay high fees to put art or whatever the hell they want on the Bitcoin blockchain. We saw this with Ethereum. It didn't matter that people were paying $50,000. 
to fucking put an NFT on ETH, they would still fucking do it. We saw this during the height of the last bull run. It doesn't matter the fees. People will pay whatever they want to pay to fucking put whatever they want on any blockchain they choose to. Trust me when I tell you this, folks. If there's a will, there's a fucking way. So, I'm not surprised by this at all. It doesn't bother me. That's why I disagree with most maximums when it comes to that. Oh, what uh, skyrocketing fees will make people stop putting junk on the Bitcoin. No, it won't. It won't. It will not. People will borrow money. They will do whatever it takes to get their shit on the Bitcoin block. It doesn't matter if it's a picture of a dick. It doesn't matter if it's a picture of a pocket pussy. It doesn't matter if it's a picture of headphones. They're going to put that shit on the Bitcoin block because they think some dumbass out there is going to think it's valuable and willing to pay $600,000 for a picture of a pocket pussy when they can go on Amazon.com and get a pocket pussy delivered right to their house. It's the same concept. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. But anyway, folks, I digress with that. Back to Ethereum real quick, and I want to jump back over there. I honestly believe, though, ultimately, I think, Ethereum, I think more people are going to be fighting for Ethereum than they are Bitcoin in the end. I really do, folks. I really do. Um, even if Bitcoin gets the Web3, DeFi, or knows all these things situated, all these things figured out, low fees and everything like that, I still think Ethereum ultimately beats Bitcoin in DeFi, in NFTs, in low gas fees. I think all of this sorts itself out, and I think Ethereum ultimately wins, folks, because of the deflationary nature and the burns of their tokens. That is why the lower you put the token supply, the more people are going to want to get it because they want to be part of history. You see, there's a history factor here also with Ethereum versus Bitcoin when it comes to who ultimately I see the winner. You know, it doesn't matter about the ranking part. I don't care about that or the market cap because I think that'll be about neck and neck when it comes to market capitalization in the end. But because of the deflationary nature that Ethereum has with its burn tokens, with all the ETH that's being burned, it takes the supply down, which means ultimately those Ethereum holders that have at least one ETH, people that want to get ETH, to use DeFi, to, to borrow um, collateral, you know, to put up collateral so they can use DeFi to go get that car or that new house or go on vacation or whatever, right? Because I think ultimately DeFi will be better on Ethereum, even though I love Bitcoin. Again, folks, Solarpunk Bitcoin, all right? Look, I think ultimately the low token supply of Ethereum will ultimately sway to sway the masses and the emerging markets to come to ETH. All right, there's a lot of people in the emerging market that already use Ethereum as it is, but what I'm saying is, is because there's not going to be enough ETH for everyone in the world to own. Well, guess what? I want some ETH. I want to use DeFi on Ethereum. They have little gas fees. It's now let's say it's 2172. All right, it's 2072. Right. Ethereum finally got the low gas use, fraction of a penny, whatever. They caught up to Monero or whatever, okay? A fraction of one penny. Boom. Everybody wants to use Ethereum, right? Right? Because we have uh, we have zero knowledge boost on Ethereum now. So we have privacy finally. All right? Boom. Everyone's been using ETH ZK knowledge proofs to 
you know, privatize their Ethereum, whatever. Gas fees are low. Uh, Ethereum's token supply is way down. Boom. All right. We all know most of the maxers own all the Bitcoin. They're never going to sell. We know their mindset. But Ethereum people, they are willing to sell. You're willing to pay a premium for my one ETH token that I own. I'll give it to you. You can have it. You can have it. Here you go. I'll give it to you. All right. You're going to pay me $700,000 for my ETH token. Here you go. I have no problem giving it to you. I love Ethereum. Let's say I'm an Ethereum Maximus or I'm Ethereum Solar Punker, right? I'm a Solar Punk ETH person. Ethereum is my number one crypto. But I'm willing to sell it to you for $700,000 or I'm willing to sell it to you for $2 billion. Here you go. I'll give you one of ETH so you can be on DeFi, so you can use NFTs and Web3. Absolutely. I have no problem giving you my ETH. Yes, I'm now out of ETH. Fantastic. That's okay. I'm willing to give you that. You gave me $2 billion. Here you go. ETH people are more to are more open to be willing to part ways with the ETH to profit from it. Okay? There's a lot of ETH people that run their own no I mean not a lot of ETH people, but there are some ETH people at the top of the pyramid of ETH that run their own nodes, okay? That control majority of the ETH. But with people burning their tokens, it makes it, to me personally, people are going to want that commodity because they want to be part of history, okay? That's ultimately what it is. Because victors write history, folks, and you definitely want to be in that history. I know I do. I'm going to at least own two or three Ethereums, maybe even five, folks, by the time this is all said I may even own more than that. By the time this is all said on, by the time 2050 or 2062 gets here, I'll probably own like 20 Ethereum, 20 ETH tokens, okay? People are going to be probably coming to me, probably coming to a lot of other people I know in this space that are going to want ETH. They're going to want the token they never had. ETH, they heard ETH is great. They weren't around when ETH was struggling, going through from proof of work to proof of stake. And they only know ETH for what it is in 2050. They only know Ethereum for what it is in 2057. That's all they know. They don't know any history of Ethereum. Everything that it went through, everything that, oh, it's a security, oh, it's a shit coin, oh, it's... It needs to be banned. It's, oh, it's a commodity, blah, blah, blah. All the arguments. They weren't here for that. So they're going to read about Vitalik. They're going to read about the roadmap. They're going to read about all this good shit that Ethereum did while everybody was shitting on it, except for people like me who are solar punks. We fucking bought ETH on the premise of what the roadmap was, what the updates they're doing, the whole Ethereum, Monero, Atomic Swaps, all of that, folks. We were here for all of it. Right? And we've survived all of that. We're stacking ETH. We're staking our ETH. We're getting yield. We're making more ETH. And eventually, we will come off the winner. Why? Because we're going to be ones that hold at least one ETH. The token supply is going to come way down. And by that point, everyone's going to want ETH. Because no one's going to be able to get a Bitcoin. 
No one's going to be able to get a one whole Bitcoin. No one's going to be able to get one because it's going to be too expensive. That's one. Number two, none of these Bitcoin maximalists or ass clowns are going to sell Bitcoin to anybody. They already said that. The maximalists already said they're never selling. They're going to die with their Bitcoin. Whatever. It's cool. But that doesn't mean Ethereum people won't. We're about making profit, folks. We're about capitalism. Okay? We're about helping the poor. Okay? That's why they do smart contracts. That's why Ethereum wanted to do Web3. That's why they want to do DeFi. That's why they want to do tokenization and real estate and all this other good shit on Ethereum. That's what the point is, folks. And then all these other smart contract cryptocurrencies thought they would jump into the fray as well. But the idea originally came from Ethereum, folks. And I do think Ethereum will come out the winner, ultimately. So in my conclusion, folks, I honestly think for me right now, Saving in right now in Tether. I know, I know, again, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for me using centralized stablecoins. I get it. I get it, folks. But I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I live my life. You live yours. Okay? And when it comes to this space, and this is why I tweeted out just before I went live about the peace sign on my freaking Twitter account. Because we need peace in this world. There's too much arguing, fighting you know, fisticuffs and screaming and spitting on each other and putting fucking rainbow flags in, on people's cars and shoving up people's asses and all that type of weird ass shit. It's really odd. I mean, people in, a, in, the, in the Western world are completely deranged. I need to get the hell out of here. I need to go to the East for a little while. Take my wife with me and just go over there for about six months. And seriously, just live on, live on the beach over there or within, in their culture for a little while. But anyway, real quick, um, in conclusion, though, I think this all sorts itself out. All these crypto centralized and decentralized cryptos, I think they could coexist together. Personally, we all know stable coins and stuff. Centralized ones are going to be programmable. Um, I think the decentralized ones will always be decentralized. But I don't mind using Tether. Um, I know it's a risk. I get it. I've weighed the pros and cons, but like I said, with the banking collapse going on right now, folks, and it's going to get a lot worse, um, I need to put my money somewhere, and I know the Monero people are going to say, Nightmare, just come home, just put in a Monero, you know, just put in a Monero, no, I won't put in Monero, Monero is great, not for me, can't use Bitcoin, I'm so pissed at Lightning right now, it doesn't even make sense, Dogecoin is great, like I said, I have my savers, Dogecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, so I'm good there, got my savings account all set up, so I'm all set there, but as far as a stable currency right now, I'm going to most likely use Tether, it's the most recognized stable coin across the entire globe, I can go anywhere in the world with Tether, Tether Bucks, I like to call them, UST, and I can transact anywhere in the world, you know, Yes, I know. They can ban my tether. I get it. I know. I know. I know. I know all the risks, folks. But it isn't like I'm going to be shopping on the freedom markets, the dark markets. I'll use Monero for that. Um, I'm not going to be buying any drugs. Use Monero for that as well. Um, I won't be going to a farmer's market anytime soon. I will use Bitcoin and Monero for that as well. But it will be used for traveling. 
It will be used for when I am paying for a hotel or a hostel in another country or another state that I go visit. Uh, it's either swap in and out back into fiat, you know, when I need to pay bills or whatever. I would love to pay. Like I said, I tweeted out earlier, I was talking to a guy that uses Tether um, and USDC as well to pay his bills. And I said, dude, I would love to pay my bills with Tether or yeah, Tether. I, I don't like USDC at all. I mean, come on, folks. I used to use Gemini Dollar back in the day. So, I've used centralized stablecoins. Nothing wrong with them at all. Um, just that they're centralized. Um, kind of sucks. But uh, a lot of these centralized cryptos, folks, it's hard to use them on bit refill, on coin cards. A lot of freaking, uh, a lot of, uh, what do they call those? Gift card places don't take decentralized cryptos they just don't and dies on ethereum you know what i mean i mean yes um dies on other um blockchains as well but it's really hard to use die because a lot of gift card places don't take die they just don't they just don't <laughs> they take tether and they take usdc so i'm stuck using centralized stable coins it absolutely blows dick but that's the point folks but Anyway, folks, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to take about a 5-10 minute break, then I'm going to jump back on. We're going to get into the independent news. Yes, I know. I have to do two podcasts tonight because I have work again in about 13 hours from now. So, about 5 a.m., 6 a.m. this morning, I'll probably get some sleep. But other than that, folks, we're going to keep rocking. So, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast here. I hope everyone has a beautiful weekend. Um, I hope everybody has a beautiful uh, week coming up. Um, stay vigilant. We will win this, ultimately, at some point. Um, but, like I said, a lot of things coming up, folks. I'm going to see my father here and coming up here in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to go see him. I should be getting a car here in the next couple of weeks as well, which is great. can stop freaking paying money to Uber, which is absolutely asinine, by the way. Um, we all know Elon Musk and Tesla's about to really push down self-driving cars. So that's coming down the pipeline, folks. I've already been inside of a couple self-driving cars when I was in Arizona. Absolutely amazing experience, by the way. Can be scary as well, especially if the self-driving car gets out of control. Lucky there's an emergency brake in the Waymos that I rode in in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know about Tesla cars. I think they have a freaking emergency switch. They should have one if they don't. Everybody needs to, everyone needs to sue Elon Musk and any other self-driving car organization that doesn't have a uh, kill switch in it to shut down the damn car if it goes rogue. Um, but other than that, folks, we see everything going automation. Everything's happening at once. Make sure yourself is useful. Get focused on AI. Learn to use AI as your companion. Respect it as if it was human. Because the smarter they get, the more they're going to understand humans and us as well. We have to treat them as an equal, folks. But this is your boy Nightmare K-Hawk signing off. This podcast will be out in about 13 hours. Alright, folks. I'm going to get the hell out of here. And I will holla at y'all next week. Peace.